Blog Talk Radio. You know, every time I speak, I want the truth to come out. You know what I'm saying? Every time I speak, I want to shiver. You know, I don't want them to be like, they know what I'm going to say because it's polite. They know what I'm going to say. And even if I get in trouble, you know what I'm saying? That Ain't that what we're supposed to do? It's, I'm not saying I'm going to rule the world or I'm going to change the world, but I guarantee that I will spark the, the, the brain that will change the world. to have personal responsibility, political accountability, and corporate culpability. We must eliminate poverty. I don't care what color the person a child. A.K.A. Black Socrates, along with special guest co-host Elisa Ward. Welcome to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show, as we are the return of intelligent radio, as we ensure the free flow of opinions and push the envelope on the questions America's afraid to ask in the mainstream media. have a couple of special guests on with me right now, um, John and Rhonda Wilkes, for this morning's discussion question, how can we help our black-owned businesses Damaged by the protest, uh, particularly here in the Atlanta area. So glad to have both of our esteemed guests on. Uh, but I'll start with you, Elisa, as the special guest co-host, if you will. Say hello to the Truth Seekers. Uh, give a quick little background, and then we'll get our guests introduced as well. Hey, hey, everybody. Um, thank you so much for having me, Montoya. Um, this is always a great show to not only be on as a guest host, but also to be able to listen to and understand the, the movement that you've created in the Atlanta area that has actually moved the needle further for our community. So I'm grateful for that. Um, and also, you know, it's great to hear the guests that we have on today. I am an emotional intelligence coach and a actually a senior advisor on diversity and inclusion and I uh, train on conflict resolution as well as several other things. Um, in the Atlanta area, I'm a Delaware native, but, you know, since I've come down here, I, it's really great to, to see how I've been received since I've been here. So I'm looking forward to kind of dive in here today and really get some sustainable options for us to be able to help businesses to rebuild and move along and grow. No, I absolutely appreciate you, Queen, for being with me. I appreciate you uh, for, you know, recognizing, in a sense, the work we're doing and being a member of the Mental Dialogue Community Club. But without further ado, let's get our 
guests introduce uh, John and Rhonda Wilkins. I'm sorry, Wilkins. I think I said Wilkins. I'm sorry, Wilkins. I'm sorry. But how y'all doing, King and Queen? If y'all will say hello to the truth seekers out there, um, introduce yourselves. If you want to give a, a background, I, I, y'all are the owners of the Atlanta Style Bar, from what I understand, but I'll let y'all go a little deeper into that. Uh, we're glad to have y'all on this morning. And as I told you, Rhonda, we definitely like to get all perspectives. So we're going to di- deep dive into this in addition to telling y'all's story. But, again, thank y'all for being on with us. Again, speak to the truth seekers. Let them know who you are. Absolutely. Good morning, everybody. Um, we're just excited to be on to share our story. Um, I never thought that I would have to do a GoFundMe page for my business, first time ever, you know. Um, but, unfortunately, we were hit with um, – the COVID, of course, we were closed for three months, and um, now we're uh, three days into us opening. We got hit by the riots. So we're just trying to find a way to figure out this new normal. <laughs> good, morning. good morning, everyone. My name is John Wilkins. Uh, I really appreciate you guys having us on. Uh, it's, a, it's a pleasure for us to uh, talk about our experiences and what we're going through and uh, try to move forward. Now, I thank both of you for being on. As Elisa alluded to, our goal is always in in an attempt to move the needle. I'm excited about the opportunity of how we might find a way to help you as y'all relay this story because here's the reality of this situation. People are really quite often divided, which is nothing new. America's kind of gotten to that place, whatever issue we may have. Uh, people are quite often divided. If you are a first-time listener to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show, uh, we pride ourselves in d- deep diving into hard-to-have conversations. But one thing about us is we welcome both sides, both perspectives to the table. Welcome them, meaning we want to deep dive. We want to try to understand them, even when it's hard. This is definitely one of those situations of uh, just – Last week, we were kind of diving into the psychology of our community, even looking at these videos. They could be hard, and obviously uh, this situation, particularly with George Floyd, even though there's been many other situations that, that are, are kind of on top of this thing, but that one was kind of seemed to be the, the, just the um, spark for what we're witnessing now, and people, you know, deal with those things different ways. But the one thing that as I've listened to this and watched this, the one thing that I don't think people have heard enough of, at least in my opinion, is the perspective of specifically an African-American owner. Uh, you know, there's you know, there's definitely these ideas of people saying, hey, it's just property versus human life, and, and all of those things are valid. All of those are valid. But I am absolutely excited to get the perspective uh, from both of you of, of what it feels like. We'll be highlighting uh, another owner in the second hour, uh, Sonia Booker, just to give y'all a heads up for those out there listening. But with that said, um, before we go to our first quick break, and that's when we'll deep dive, um, at least I'm going to shoot back to you real quick, Queen, if you will. And when you heard, this is, you know, I think you know our little format for when I bring y'all on as a guest co-host. And so when you heard the question, how can we help our black-owned businesses damaged by the protests? Can you recall your first initial thought? Not the deep thought thereafter, just, hey, Alisa, can you help me with this show? Here's the title. Can you remember your, your brief first thought? Well, my first thought was that it was so relevant because I, too, am a black business owner. And I thought of all the business owners that have brick and mortar, all the ones that are online, 
all the ones that go to other people to provide business services and thought to myself, you know, I have the opportunity to have a secondary income stream, but what about the ones who don't? This is, this is, this is really rough. And I also thought about the psychological trauma that business owners themselves are going through being hit once by COVID and then subsequently by the riots. And it made me really sad. Now, and what you just said was kind of key to my getting getting introduced to uh, Runda, if you will, and and then and to bring it all full circle. And this is the beauty of how a community moves. We are a community. We we just having conversations, y'all. Like again, if you are a first time listener, we're just having conversations. So to even show you how how this community moves, literally last week's show, as I said, was dealing with the psychology. It was actually. Um, Runda's sister, uh, Dr. Roz, who was kind of helping us peel that back. And so on that show, when I said, when we were setting up for her to come on, from what I understand, the, the protest that particularly hit your business, um, Runda was on last Friday, if I, if, or maybe, or if I, maybe I'm saying it wrong, but it was the day before I had her on the show, and she was like, I, I, I'm, I'm going to do your show, but I got, I'm dealing with my sister going through this. And so she, I told her, I said, if you feel the need, you can bring it on the show. And she talked about her emotions, and when she was explaining it to me, I could only, I felt it so hard in reference to Elisa saying, and as you, as she said on the show, that y'all had already been de- dealing with being closed. So that was a whole nother right. level that you were closed because of COVID nineteen. So if you will, and I don't, I don't, it's a it's a quick thought before we go to break, and then I'll get your full thought kind of break. But just that initial feeling, putting it together, that it came on the back of that. Can you just speak to that just briefly, and then we'll get deeper into your thought coming out of the break. Sure. When initially when we had to close, when they said you got to close your doors, I just thought, how are we going to shift in this? New, you know, this new norm. How are we going to shift? What are we going to do? So I've been contemplating, you know, different digital marketing things. But the crazy part about it is 85% of our business comes from hotels. The hotels are closed. So we really got to think outside the box. So it's just just trying yeah, to figure yeah. out who's next, you know? Yeah, yeah, it's definitely, yeah, considering where your location is, that's what people are going to, we're going to get into when we come out of this break is, is the situation is very different and it's just an opportunity for us to understand that side of it. While we understand the frustration of, uh, in a sense of, uh, you know, if, you know, again, we're not saying we're for or against, but either way, we understand the frustration of those protesting and they have valid reasons. We're going to hear the other side of the story coming out of this break. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show where all I ask is that you think. Peace and power, y'all. This is Baba Ami Ojiwoke of the Uhura Academy. Malcolm X said that education was our passport to the future, for tomorrow belongs to the people who prepare for it today. Well, the Uhura Academy Online Summer School is a live, interactive, online experience for youth ages 6 to 16, where they learn life skills, where they engage in academic enrichment, where they engage in, in cultural enrichment to be a Sankofa for Success African History Program, life skills through chess, vision development, and entrepreneurship. I'm talking about action-packed. I'm talking about fun, informative, and interactive. A lot is going on right now. We need to be focusing on solutions. And our children, our children are going to inherit these challenges. Let's get them ready. Enrolling them in the Uhura Academy Online Summer School is one way to do it. 
in my opinion, the most effective way. Visit BahooaAcademy.com right now for more information. I'll see y'all this summer. Welcome back to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. I'm your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates, appreciative of our one of our new advertisers, Uhuru Academy, check them out online, Uhuru Academy. Definitely an opportunity to get your children up to speed and learn everything that that brother mentioned as well as our own history. A lot of what they're not giving in school, uh, I think personally would play a huge role in how we see ourselves and and, and, and go forward in this country. So highly recommend that you get that you go check out Uhuru Academy's online uh, summer school. Uh, very, very impressive uh, school, if you will. Uh, but with that said, this morning's discussion question, how can we help our black-owned business Businesses damaged by the protest. Special guest co-host with me this morning is Elisa Ward. Our first-hour guest are business owners, Atlanta-style bar business owners, John and Rhonda Wilkins, if you will. Rhonda, I know you were kind of just briefing. I can't, you know, didn't want to cut you off per se, but you were just kind of laying out the landscape um, coming off of COVID-19 and, and definitely want to hear the, the actual experience because from what I understand, according to your sister, um, y'all were maybe – on the premises as some of it was happening, and maybe I have that part turned around, um, but, you know, definitely would love to hear from both of you just kind of if that if that was the case, what that what what that was like, if you will. Go ahead. Again, either one of y'all can jump in, but I know, Rhonda, you were kind of speaking before the break, so go ahead. Oh, that's okay. Go ahead. Um, yeah. So <clears throat> initially, uh, John had just left. It was Friday evening. He left. He wanted to stick around for about – he stuck around for about 10 o'clock p.m. that night. And when he got home, one of our stylists decided to stick around because he felt the energy around the place. He was like, it, something don't feel right. <laughs> so um, as John gets home 30, 40 minutes later, uh, we get the phone call, hey, we just got hit. So we're flying. I felt like we got there in like five minutes, but I know it was longer. <laughs> <laughs> when we pulled up to the scene, you had guys with bricks mm-hmm. in their hands. They were trying to bust the windows out, just whatever they could. Um, in the midst of that, on the side of us, there is a liquor store. They were vandalizing the liquor store, and they tried to set the liquor store on fire. And once they did that, the sprinkler system went off. So now everybody in the building is coming down. There's residents above us. So everybody in the building is coming down. So as the residents are coming down, they're saying, please, you know, don't barbershop. I mean, the salon, please don't, you know. They're good people. I know you guys don't know them, but they're good folks. They're black-owned. So we had people from the building vouching for us, thank God. Mm-hmm. But when I say I looked in the eyes of these boys, they had no care in the world. They and, and, and you know, uh, at the end of the day, I do understand protests, understand uh, the, <clears throat> the, the, the hardship of uh, Mr. Floyd being brutalized and, and ultimately he passed away. Uh, but as a, they call me an OG, but I don't feel like I'm an OG. But you know, most of the young guys do, and I do like to uh, just express my feelings when it comes to that. You know, I'm not against it, but it is an easier way to protest than to destroy uh, your own and destroy anybody's property at this point. Uh, and I do want to uh, just give my opinion on that. You know, I'm not mad at anyone, but we have to uh, protest. Uh, a little bit differently and not destroy each other's property. Well, John, you you have a right to be mad if you want to be. I mean, and I'm not trying to put that on you. 
but I'm just want to make it very clear when I say we welcome uh, the opinions. You don't have to, you know, qualify. You don't have to apologize. And, you know, and I respect that's how you truly feel, but I just want you to understand we welcome the passion. And if you, if you came on here raving mad, I would understand. I'm going to share a cut from a, a, a young person who, who, who has a perspective about the riots, and I definitely want to hear y'all opinion. But I definitely want you to understand, uh, we, you know, you don't have to sanitize anything here. And, and I'm not saying you was, were doing that, but just in case, that is not, the, you know, the way we do this. We want to deal with it from, you know, the, the honest and raw feelings. And, and if there is middle ground, we will try to find it. But that, but, you know, but the candidness is definitely what we're looking for. And so, uh, you know, I, I think it's amazing to, to even, as I talk to, you know, your wife, Rhonda, um, and it, and even your sister as much, I mean, we could hear her expressiveness because it just happened the day before. So she was emotional a little bit on the show, but even within that, to even hear her say, I understand the other side of it, or to even hear you who's been hit, you know what I mean? When I hear when I hear a, a Runda saying, the residents are vouching, but yet these kids, she looks in their eyes, and in a sense, that didn't stop them. Lisa, as you hear this uh, for the first time, any thoughts mm-hmm. uh, from you, Queen? I definitely want to, you know, get your thoughts before we, in a sense, play this cut, if you will. Go ahead, Queen. Well, the first thing I want to acknowledge is just, listening to the two of you speak and actually hearing your pain from this situation. Because what people don't understand is that when you create a business, it's not just the business, it's your passion, it's your heart, it's your soul that you put into it. And especially when you go into certain fields where you want to become lifestyle service providers and you really have, it's a ministry of sorts. And you're able to actually be there for the people, speak to the people, help the people. And then when it seems like the people don't come back to you with that same, you know, do unto others as, as you know, you want them to do unto you, that it hurts, you know. And I want to acknowledge that pain because this is what a lot of people don't understand is that when they make comments about, well, it's just a business, you have insurance, that's not the point. My place flooded a few years ago. And when I tell you that insurance wasn't squat compared to what I lost, You know, a lot of people don't realize that when it comes to the value, the replacement value, you know, they they do things like, you know, they think about, you know, how it devalued over the years and all that sort of stuff. So that's a big issue for people. This is their livelihood. This is how they eat. This is how they pay Georgia Power. This is how they provide to try to put any legacy for their own children, grandchildren, and even your children in the community. And, you know, it hurts. It really hurts. And the thing is, and I get what they're saying about they understand. I understand the oppression of feeling you have been in a box and no matter what you said, done, or heard, you are nothing more than spit on the bottom of somebody's shoe, and there's a rage. This rage came from not only the George Floyd and Brianna and Ahmaud and all the other murders. It came from us being stuck in the house from COVID, people losing their jobs. It came from the systemic issues within the country, and however much I understand that as a person, I'm still a person who's affected, and that's what we need to see by this. I wish that we were able to have signs on every black business that said, black business owner, don't destroy my business. But even for areas that did that, people still did that. Because not only did you have to deal with people that look like us that were doing it, there were detractors and disruptors that came in and did this to make us look even worse. 
So this is a really difficult situation from a psychological perspective, but also how do we recover when the economy was already significantly impacted by COVID? And for us, Unfortunately, and for many in our communities, we don't have that legacy of people passing things down. We, a lot of people who are business owners are first-generation business owners. Mm-hmm. To, to maybe they didn't just have this business for the first time. Maybe they're the only successful first-generation business owner. And now right. where do we go from here? And if you look at the business owners, the small ones, I know for myself, I'm still waiting on – the small business grant slash loan to come in because I lost five speaking engagements because of this. And that, that's an, that's an issue for me. But again, I'm fortunate and I have another source of income that's keeping my lights on. But for other people, when they've given their all, how dare you? So I understand the frustration and the anger, but at the end of the day, tearing stuff up, what did you tear up and who did you tear up? And how yeah, let's get into that. Let's get into that, if you will. Um, but before I play the cut, what I want to do. Before I play the cut, I want to uh, run, if you will, the detail being in the hotel again. Because, again, I know you kind of mentioned it, but I want to make sure for anybody out there listening, I want them to understand exactly what Atlanta-style bar is um, located and understand why it ends up being an additional hit. So not only were you closed for a couple of months per se, and then you said three days into open, you get hit with the protest. You can't get hit with any worse timing. But your location, as you said, is in a hotel, so you're not like a bar that's just in a sense set up to get trafficked by people riding by, You get, which is a good thing. You're located in the hotel to get that traffic, but when hotels have been closed due to COVID-19, it becomes another level. So if you could just kind of speak to that even more before I play this cut. from Again, from a young person who's coming from the other side of things, we'll dive into that, but definitely share that before we do that. Right. I, I, uh, I, I do want to uh, explain to the audience and you guys of, of our uh, significance of having the hotels being a part of our business. They, they represent about 80% of our business as a whole with their clientele, as well as uh, our ability to go pick them up uh, for our services and drop them off. We also added a call service to the mix downtown, uh, which works very well with us. Uh, it's, it's very um, – very hard for us to uh, maneuver when most of our business is coming from the hotels. And then when the hotels closed down, uh, we started having the riots, so we had to rely on mainly of our, of our clients that that frequently come down on Saturdays that we market to every week anyway. But at the end of the day, uh, it's very hard for us to maneuver uh, without the hotels being part of it. No, that's big. For anybody out there listening uh, if you just tuned in, I see some people just tuned in. Um, we're speaking with special guests, John and Rhonda Wilkins, owners of Atlanta Style Bar, just breaking down their their specific scenario after being hit with protests three days after opening and unfortunately being vandalized and they're having to recover. As they just explained, 80% of their business is not available based on where they're located. So, again, want to make sure that you understand the details. We're going to be – uh, with the Mineral Dollar Community Club, we're going to be making a donation. I know they're doing a GoFundMe. We'll definitely get into some of that later, but just helping y'all understand, we want to, uh, in a sense, hear their mm-hmm. story. Uh, and I know, you know, Rhonda, when I spoke to you, you said your biggest thing was just come, come get, come, come, come get service, 
Like that's a, a, a big thing. Um, but we'll get into that a little more again as we deal with things with both sides. I'm going to play a cut. Some people have seen this. has been floating around on the uh, Internet pretty hard. I may have seen it. Um, this is just a, a cut from a young lady giving her perspective, I would say, as a millennial on these riots. It's definitely, it's definitely their perspective. Uh, but, again, we said we're going to bring both sides to the table. If you're out there on the phone lines, we are going to start opening up the phone lines um, after this cut. You're listening to the – I'm sorry. Let me go right into the cut. I'm, I'm so used to going to break. Sorry. Uh, let's go to this cut right now. There's when you have a civil unrest like this, there are three types of people in the streets. There are the protesters, there are the rioters, and there are the looters. The protesters are there because they actually care about what is happening in the community. They want to raise their voices, and they are there strictly to protest. You have the rioters who are angry, who are anarchists, who really just want to fuck shit up, and that's what they're going to do regardless. And then you have the looters. And the looters almost exclusively are just there to do that, to loot. Now, people are like, well, what did you gain? Well, what did you get from looting? I think that as long as we're focusing on the what, we're not focusing on the why, and that's my issue with that. As long as we're focusing on what they're doing, we're not focusing on why they're doing. And some people are like, well, those aren't people who are legitimately angry about what's happening. Those are people who just want to get stuff. Okay, well then... Let's go with that. Let's say that's what it is. Let's ask ourselves why in this country in 2020, the financial gap between poor blacks and the rest of the world is at such a distance that people feel like their only hope and only opportunity to get some of the things that we flaunt and flash in front of them all the time is to walk through a broken glass window and get it. That they are so hopeless that getting that necklace, getting that TV, getting that change, getting that bed, getting that phone, whatever it is that they're going to get is that in in that moment when the riots happen and if they present an opportunity of looting, that's their only opportunity to get it. We need to be questioning that why. Why are people that poor? Why? Welcome back to the Mental Talk Show. I'm your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates. I will tell y'all, um, I've been on another show. I'm going to be on another show this afternoon, um, Lock Connect. Um, I'll put it out on the social media page if you want to follow there. Uh, but I will tell you all, as I've been on these other shows, as I've done videos on social media uh, talking about what was going on, I will tell you my stance personally had been it was hard for me to talk down on the youth. Um, it's similar to the way MLK, when he talked about, uh, he found it was when he said the idea of it, it was morally irresponsible in a sense, to condemn riots without equally condemning the conditions that created them. And so kind of relying on that, I was in a, I took the stance of I'm not going to publicly speak down on these youth, if you will, um, not, and it's again, not about whether I was supporting or not, just that wasn't the stance. And I talked publicly saying let's try not to divide by just saying what you should and should not be doing. In a sense, that was my stance. The thing that was unique about hearing this young lady in that particular cut, and I'm going to start with you, Elisa, was I hadn't considered, and, I'm, and it's not about whether I agree with her or not, it's just opening up and considering her perspective. I hadn't thought about the idea of even the looters because even I would set them aside. The only thing that I would say all week long was don't allow, don't 
don't bunch the looters and the protesters together. I, I thought it was very unfair for those who are out there legitimately concerned with, you know, things that are really going on, and as she said, the ones that really want to make change. So all I would say to the community is it's not fair to lump the protesters with those who are out there just to get things. She gave me a completely different perspective on those who are just out to get things. And I say a different perspective, again, not about agreement, but it definitely opened my eyes to that perspective. Any thoughts on hearing hearing the young lady, Elisa, if you will? Absolutely. You know, I've been having the same conversation with people for the last two weeks. And, you know, hey, I'm just going to say it like it is. There's levels to this shit. Like, that, there really are. And that's what people have to understand is that on every single level of this, every person has a different story. Every person has a different need. Every person has a different concern. As I spoke, you know, a few minutes ago, I'm talking about the pain that these people are feeling from a business owner perspective. I 150% understand on the flip side of it, how people can be at a, at a point where they feel there is nothing left, there is no hope. And what do you do with that? What do you do with that rage? What do you do with that when there's no place else to put it? And, and you know, I saw a lot of things on social media that said, you know, how much you know, when these cops are acting out, you know, they're going through a lot, they deal with this, they deal with that. How much more do you expect them to take or to deal with before they snap? That's a very good question. But you know mm-hmm. what? They have psychologists in place that is supposed to help deal with these police officers and that's a whole other conversation about speaking to training and what they need to do there but if you say that about somebody who is commissioned as a public servant to protect and serve us who has resources to help them how do you expect these 16 17 18 year old kids who don't have anything remotely close to it to deal with it before they snap so there's an unfair comparison as to what this person should do versus what that other person should do. They don't have these resources. They may not have these experiences. In no way, shape, or form am I condoning, rioting, looting, looting or, or breaking the law, but I, 100, I completely understand how at that point when there is nothing, and even for people who were doing the right thing, they weren't out there necessarily slinging or hustling, and there's even a conversation about that. Sometimes people sling or hustle because there's no other opportunity for them to make any money. I don't judge them either. They, they're doing what they're doing to eat. I'm not saying it's right or wrong, but they're doing it. But in any event, if you're out here trying to do the legal thing and you go to a job and you're making seven, eight, nine, ten, twelve dollars an hour, and then all of a sudden they close because of COVID, you have nothing. And then we were wait. People were waiting on the government to be able to to give them this twelve hundred dollars stimulus check that wasn't going to pay a doggone thing. And you had to choose between rent, lights, transportation, feeding, yeah, a lot of or whatever. No, absolutely. So there's a lot. There's so much there. But that's why I say there's levels to this. There are so many levels. So one level doesn't make this other level any more right or wrong or indifferent. It just means that we've got a significant number of problems that are complex in nature, and they are now affecting the same people who were trying to make the change in business, black business. No, absolutely. Let me jump into a break if you will, Elisa. If you will, let me jump into a break. Uh, We're going to go to this break. We're going to play one more cut by the young lady, and then I'm very interested in John and Rhonda's viewpoint again from hearing it from her side of it again it's just getting to perspective and so we're going to dialogue about it coming out of this break if you're on the phone line you do have to press one 
If you are looking to give us your three cents on this morning's discussion, if you're online, the number to get in is 646-787-1691. Again, that number is 646-787-1691. You have to press 1 to let us know you want to speak. We'll be right back. But all I ask is that you think. Big Sis Media Group is a full-service design agency with tools available to help clients communicate with audiences through visual and digital media. So what exactly does that mean? You need graphic design? Call Big Sis Media. You need web design? Call Big Sis Media. You need audio or video production? Call Big Sis Media. You need a branded strategy for your business? Call Big Sis Media. Damn, they do everything, don't they? Nope, even better. They're professionals. Whatever service you need, they do a consultation, send over a contract with a deadline, and meet that deadline. A true one-stop shop for all your digital and media needs, all at an affordable price. What's their website and phone number? BigSysMediaGroup.com, 404-465-4348. Again, that's BigSysMediaGroup.com. Call them at 404-465-4348. Found the Monopoly with you, and I had to play and give you every dime that I made. And then for 50 years, every time that I played, I, if you didn't like what I did, you got to burn it like they did in Tulsa and like they did in Rosewood. How can you win? How can you win? You can't win. The game is fixed. So when they say, why do you burn down the community? Why do you burn down your own neighborhood? It's not ours. We don't own anything. We don't own anything. There is, Trevor Noah said it so beautifully last night. There's a social contract that we all have, that if you steal or if I steal, then the person who is the authority comes in and they fix the situation. But the person who fixes the situation is killing us. So the social contract is broken. And if the social contract is broken, why the fuck do I give a shit about burning the fucking football hall of fame, about burning a fucking target? You broke the contract when you killed us in the streets and didn't give a fuck. You broke the contract when for 400 years we played your game and built your wealth. You broke the contract when we built our wealth again on our own by our bootstraps in Tulsa and you dropped bombs on us. When we built it in Rosewood and you came in and you slaughtered us, you broke the contract. So fuck your target. Fuck your Hall of Fame. As far as I'm concerned, they could burn this bitch to the ground. And it still wouldn't be enough. And they are lucky that what black people are looking for is equality and not revenge. Welcome back to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. I'm your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates, along with special guest co-host Elisa Word. Clearly, we are not a politically correct show. Our special guests are John and Rhonda Wilkins, owners of Atlanta Style Bar. Clearly, this sister is expressing probably the rage that you've seen in those young boys, if I had to guess, um, if you will, Rhonda. Uh, we'll start with you. Again, being owners who have been hit by, if you're just tuning in, hit by this protest, uh, we are looking to support John and Rhonda with their, in a sense, uh, rebuild, if you will, or, or uh, rebrand, I should say. Uh, so just know that that's the side of this thing that we're on, but at the same time, we wanted to get a young people, a young person's perspective, and clearly 
she expressed the frustration in a way that I felt, um, although I'm not in her shoes. So, Rhonda, any thoughts for you being an owner who's been touched but yet hearing that frustration from a young person? Uh, how do you see that, Queen? Well, I felt her passion. I understood what, on the flip side of that, I needed to put her in my shoes as a business owner. If she was a business owner, I could say that she was or wasn't. Maybe she would feel how I felt. You know what I mean? So I felt her passion, though. I understood. I understand it. I understand why they're upset and angry. But um, at the end of the day, like John said earlier, to tear down somebody's business that they might have put their life savings in, and and like our co-host said, she has other means. Thank God I'm still an essential employee. I go to work every day, you know, at Northside Hospital, but thank God I still have that to depend on. To think if we didn't have other means to depend on, where would we be? I uh, I don't know. I'm, I've told people before, I had an interview on V103, I'm frustrated, I'm irritated. Um, I have so many words. I mean, oh, so many feelings, I can't even express myself sometimes because I, I'm trying to understand. I'm just trying to understand um, why, you know? No, absolutely. Um, John, can you, John, if, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I would like to add to John. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, wanted, yeah I, wanted, I definitely wanted to have you add. I wanted to, if I could, just even throw this in there. Um Obviously, rushing up to the um, location after hearing you, you had been hit, as you said, um, I think you explained that y'all had someone stay there because they felt something wasn't right. I definitely wanted to even hear what the initial feeling was, even in addition to, you know, whatever you're going to add, please do. But just, again, for people, as much as they may have felt that young lady, what can you recall the emotions of walking in, realizing as much as you've given back to the community that, again, while you don't want them tearing up anything, but you felt like there is, you know, you haven't broken the social contract, if you will, like the young lady said. You've been giving back to the community. You've been a vital part of the community, from what I understand, with the legendary awards, and I'm pretty sure other ways. And as you said, you had the residents vouching, saying, no, not the, not them. They're good. And it, and it did not matter. Right. What did that feel like, walking up on it, if you would, King? Well, you know, earlier uh, you made a comment of, uh, you know, John, I understand you you, sh- you should be mad or you could be mad. Uh, in other words, uh, don't be politically correct. Uh, believe you me, when I stepped out of my car with my son, uh, he's a 6'6", six, 300-pound six, six, kid, 15 years old, but he's willing to go to battle with his dad because he saw the rage when I walked up and saw that our business mm-hmm. had been vandalized and all the black young boys standing in front of our building trying to finish the job. So I totally understand uh, that rage as well, and I understand the young lady's rage. But uh, we do have to remember we, as black people, has been has been in this situation with the racism for over 400 years. And it's not going to change overnight, but at the end of the day, we have to work together and see each other's viewpoint as it is. As a business owner in the, in the uh, 2000s, uh, we we're a diff- we're a different breed now, so we can't tear each other's uh, morale down, and we definitely can't tear each other's business to the ground just to prove a point because we've been done so bad all these years. And with that said, you know I'm willing to do whatever I got to do to you know preserve my business, uh, but at the same time I'm going to be I'm going to protect my business and move forward. Now I respect that. Got Brother Pianchi out of St. Louis on the line. 
I'm going to get his, his thoughts um, um, as well. Again, if you're out there on the phone line, all you have to do is press 1 to let us know that you want to speak. If you're online, the number to get in is 646-787-1691. Again, you will have to press 1 to let us know you want to speak. Brother Fiaki, you're live. Thanks for calling in this morning. Give us your three cents on this morning's discussion question. You know, we support peaceful protesting. But you have to ask, why did the government officials, mayors, and others tell the police to stand down? Of course, we can't guess at that. Now, these businesses are not going to come back. We've seen this in the past in your L.A. and Chicago and other parts of major cities around the country. You come back, your insurance is going to be so high that it's going to be passed on to the customers, making prices prohibited. People that lived in the community are not going to live back there again, so there goes your customers. You know, you talk about blacks should have businesses and that the dollars should circulate in the community, but if these places are gone, you got voids and food deserts and consumer deserts. And you know the sad thing about it, these big box stores, uh, Montoya, they're going to leave. They were providing scholarships, support for act- youth activities, a base for revenue base for your local school district. That's going to be gone. Then people that's left going to go into the adjoining suburban counties to buy things that they can't get in their own communities anymore. They're going to pay more. And the police there is not going to be cut down like they were where you left from. This is a bamboozlement from what I see, Montoya. Ma'am, sir, I'm sorry that y'all experienced this. I really am. No, please continue. No, I'm sorry that they experienced this. I really am. No, absolutely. No, absolutely. Uh, thank you, Brother P.F.E., a long-time listener. Um, you know, if you feel compelled, uh, we're going to definitely be laying out um, how – um, people can help and support them, and I definitely would love for my long-time listeners to, uh, you know, I obviously ask for y'all to get memberships and, and keep us on the air. But in this case, um, if y'all could open up your, you know, in a sense, your personal, your heartstrings, if you will, and, and donate a little bit, please stay tuned uh, as we give out that information um, before before we let our first hour guest go. But thank you for those thoughts, uh, Brother Pianchi, definitely bringing perspective, and that's what we do that a lot of people haven't thought about, you know what I mean? Just the, like you said, the idea of even the non-black business owners, if they are a big box store, the reality is a lot of times they are invested in the community. I, I hadn't even thought about that, and that's something that you risk losing as well. So thank you for those thoughts, Brother Pianchi. Um, just kind of keep going down that path. Uh, the caller that just was getting in just hit one again. You were, I were about to get you in, so I'm, sometimes that's a little confusing. It's just people are not having, are not used to having to push one. So whoever that was that just jumped off the one, if you're looking to get back in, please press one. All of the listeners should just press one, and we'll get you on the show uh, as well. Uh, but staying alone, though, that train of thought, uh, yeah, he broke down the idea of your insurance increasing. I had another business owner, uh, it was a, a, a mean that a, uh, particular long-time dry cleaner, the oldest dry cleaner here, black-owned dry cleaner here in Atlanta, uh, got floated out of the Internet. I talked to that owner, and he talked about um, – he, he he wasn't hit by the protest, but just he and I were having a conversation, and he was talking about years ago where his his cleaner was vandalized like twice within a month's period, and he had great insurance that that company would no longer carry him. And he said some of his other – it, 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 um, his – 
other black-owned businesses in that same strip mall, some of them didn't have insurance. That's another thing that people don't think about just even in setting up in business, just like a lot of us, in a sense, may take risks with our own life insurance or health insurance just based on our circumstances, sometimes staying afloat unfortunately has business owners considering can I afford this insurance right now or can I get to a level where I can now get this insurance so they don't always have insurance so for people that just say and think you know I'm enraged I'm tired of this like the young lady that was speaking and again we understand it however y'all don't always insurance doesn't cover everything so if we could just kind of start uh, on that part of the dialogue uh, matter of fact let me do this so we don't interrupt that let's go to this I'm going to Go to a quick break, and then when we come out, I want to get the get into the dialogue about you know what is what is that like? You got insurance, but as you said, Ron, at the beginning of this, this is your first time ever in business, uh, considering a, a GoFundMe. So I want to break that down and help those who just think the businesses have insurance. It's clearly not that simple. We'll be right back. Mm-hmm. Listening to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show, where all I ask is that you think. Again, for anybody out there listening, I got a lot of callers on the line. You do have to press one if you want to get in and give us your three cents on this morning's discussion. Hey, where did you get that hat and T-shirt? I like that. Oh, I got this at MoneyMotivation.com. It's fresh, right? Yes, and I love the message on it, too. You are the hustle, huh? That's what the shirt says. I am the hustle. They embody the entrepreneurial spirit, and what I like the most, it's more than a brand. It's a lifestyle for those who want to put in the work and expect to have the final things in life. I also follow them on Instagram. Check this post out. If you believe money is the root of all evil, you're using it wrong? Or how about this one? Excuses made $0 an hour. I like those. What's their IG? At moneymotivation.co. But do they have any ladies gear? Yes, you're going to love the clothing line they got for the ladies. Matter of fact, pull up their website, moneymotivation.com, and I'm going to get you a few things so we can both look like money. Everywhere I go, go. And everywhere I be, be. I don't even talk, talk. They still know with me. Because I look like money. Smell like money. Talk like money. Even walk. My name is Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates. I am the owner and facilitator of the Mental Dialogue Community Support Group focused on practical solutions and the collective thinking of the black community. We do that one of two ways, every third Friday, 7 p.m. at Urban Grind, or Saturday mornings, the Mental Dialogue Talk Show, 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Contact us at mentaldialogue.com or on Facebook at Mental Dialogue. All I ask is that you think. Welcome back to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. Again, I'm your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates. If you have a product or service you want to get out to the smartest audience in all of radio, please contact us. This morning's discussion question, how can we help our black-owned businesses damaged by the protest? Special guest co-host, Elisa Ward, a special guest are John and Rhonda Wilkins, owners of the Atlanta-style bar. Before the break, I was just briefly mentioning for those who throw out very quickly and very easily. They got insurance. Let's talk about that, if you will. So either one of you can kind of jump in and, and you know, break down what that entails and why is there a GoFundMe in trying to get this rebrand and getting back up, you know, back up to speed, if you will. Well, for sure, uh, starters, we do have insurance, and we do have a pretty high deductible as well. 
the the shop has has uh, minimum damage, uh, but with the deductible and all the money that we have to spend to repair what was damaged and replace what was damaged, uh, the deductible is going to be so high. So we probably are going to try to pay for this out of our own pocket so we won't have a, a so high uh, payment on the deductible. And insurance is good, but sometimes it works against you uh, in some cases. Mm-hmm. No, absolutely. Any thoughts on that, Rhonda? Um so yeah, so basically, going to take it possibly the way y'all looking at it is going to take a kind of an out of pocket approach. Is that is that partly what's leading to this, uh, in a sense, the community getting help? I know you mentioned to me, you know, with the two months being out of business, there's also the idea of making sure your employees, because you know, while I think Elisa alluded to the fact that you know it's about leaving legacy, I thought immediately about when an owner is able to actually employ someone, it's about more than their own family's legacy. It's about that employee's yeah. legacy as well. So so any thoughts on, you know, in addition to how we came up with the concept for a gun fund me and that there's opportunity, you know, speak about it and let anyone out there listening, if they decide, you know, they don't, they want to assist you, uh, let them know how to do that as well. Okay, yeah. Um, I was telling John, our long-term loss is more significant than anything because, like you said, being closed mm-hmm. and having to come back. Now you're being closed again and trying to having to come back. Um, and like you said, we have family. We have you know our 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 spouses are our family, and their livelihoods are in the palm of our hand. So if we don't have anybody for them to service, they don't eat. You know, and and we're still paying salaries. You know, so um, the way that people can help us is we do have a GoFundMe page, but I don't know the name. I can put it on your uh, page. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, if you if you if you send me a message uh, via Facebook, I will make sure every for every replay of this show that that GoFundMe is always under it. So people can, if they find the replay or go to my page or if you have a you know a location you want to tell them about you know at this moment, I'd be glad to. Again, I'm going to make a donation um, this morning. I'll kind of say that before we close. We actually got another caller. Uh, let's see what the caller has to say. Um, but, yes, for everybody out there listening, I will get the GoFundMe link uh, and put it up on the Mental Dialogue Facebook page as well as my personal Facebook page if you follow me there, Montoya Smith. Uh, let's see what the caller has for us. Mm-hmm. Area right. code 404-3771. Give us your name, where you're calling from, and your three cents on this morning's discussion. My name is Brian Nisha Brim, calling from Atlanta, Georgia. And hey, how you doing, you? Queen? Thanks for calling in. I, I definitely asked you to reach it, reach out and call in. So uh, perfect timing, if you will. Go ahead, Queen. What you got for us? Yes, yes. So um, I am a business owner, and I do not have a storefront, however. But you know, the, for the ones that do, I understand. You know how you may be feeling. Anything that's taken from somebody is not a good feeling. However, when it comes to a life. That's not even something that you can compare because, yeah, I understand that the insurance may take a while, just like COVID-19, still haven't got paid from that, you know, some assistance funding to help, you know, with the months that we were out of your business. And, you know, so the insurance will take just as long. But at least, you know, if you have to find anything positive out of it, at least the restoration is coming. These people that lost their lives, they don't get it. That's it. So anything other less than your life being taken, I feel like it's a positive. 
if there's a hope for today, then there's a hope for tomorrow. As long as you're here today, there's a hope for tomorrow. But those people that's gone, that's it. No insurance can bring them back, not today, not tomorrow, not next year, not five years from now, not two months from now. So losing material things or even how, you know, so we're all hustlers. We're all entrepreneurs. So if that business was to completely go under, unfortunately, you can't start another business. We can't get another George Floyd back, Waukesha Wilson, Sandra Bland, none of them. Absolutely um, grateful for the opinion, the perspective. Again, that's what we do. We welcome it. Um, what I'll say to you uh, is, is, is Bree, correct? Am I saying the name correctly? Brian, he said Bree, yeah. Is it okay to call you Bree? I'm sorry. Is that okay? Yeah, yeah that's fine. Okay, okay. So uh, what I'll say, and I'm definitely interested in getting Alisa's thoughts on it as well, but what I, what I, what I will say to you is um, I think what you said is valid. I will tell you from a personal standpoint, um, when I personally would be more acceptable of it, and I think a lot of people would react this way as well, um, it's, it's, it's definitely um, when, when someone is within your family that you dearly love and something happens to them, sometimes the way you will respond will be with the type of rage that you may not respond with if it's not your family member, if you will. I'm getting it's just... Again, we like the challenge perspective, I'm, 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 so I just want you to work with me here. So, mm-hmm. so absolutely, a life cannot be replaced. However, the thought of let's see, whatever your business is, and and uh, you know, you I think you're gonna t- you know share what your business is, and like you say, you don't have a storefront, but I think you would. I'm just throwing it out, would even have trouble considering having to restart your business that you, you know, that if you've put your life into, restart it because someone decided to mess up your business for someone that's not their family member. And, and, and it's, not, it's not okay if it's their family member, if you will, but that's when I could ultimately understand it. Uh, but for you to... I'm messing up someone else's, and then if we're going to talk about culturally, if we're in a sense enraged as a culture, which is fair, we're enraged as a culture to do something that doesn't ensure our culture continues or improves the scenario, that's a lot to accept, whereas I could accept it if it was your family member. But for it not to be your family member, that's a lot to accept because the truth is we don't typically value lives that are not the closest to us. And I'm just throwing it out. What, what are your thoughts? And me just kind of giving that response to you. Uh, and, and again, I know you have a business and I'm assuming you're, you know, you're still wanting to share what you, what you're able to do uh, even for, a, 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 if you're still willing to, I know you had mentioned the idea of helping John and Rhonda as well. So I don't know if you're going to mention that, but I just wanted to hear your thoughts in reference to, most people don't react this way unless it is their family member. Just kind of throwing out, well, how do you feel about that thought? So it has happened personally to me, not the vandalism, but um, my sister was affected. Um, she was murdered by LAPD, covered up. So I'm very, you know, I understand, and, I'm a, mm-hmm. and, and I am, like I said, you know, I'm an entrepreneur, but I do not have a storefront. 
You know, my house never been robbed. I've never been robbed, you know, in any type of way besides my sister life being robbed from us. But still, I still just, I cannot, you know, see how that can compare, how you can compare the two. I just, it's just on two different mm-hmm. levels. I understand. I'm not saying that the hurt and the loss from your store, you know, especially most of these art companies, we put blood, sweat, and tears in it. You know, we worked hard to get where we are, wherever that may be in our entrepreneur journey. Uh, but, you know, I just feel like as long as I can get it back someday, <laughs> it ain't that bad. That's just how I feel. Like, it's just not that bad. It's not my life not ended. Hey, I came out alive. I can. I still got all my limbs. What I came in with, I walked out with too. I mean, it's not. Hey, I call. Yeah, all we can do is respect the opinion. Um, uh, Lisa, any yeah. any thoughts real quick? Um, any thoughts as well, Queen? Absolutely. You know, one of the things that um, I'm grateful for is being able to be, as an emotional intelligence coach, you have to learn how to really, truly label your emotions at all times. And I can tell you, when that clip was playing, I started crying because I actually was able to label, label my emotions. And I've been kind of on that since this call actually started. Because since the, the moment I heard Rhonda's voice, I could hear it. I could hear the pain. I could hear the sadness. I could hear the frustration. And I could just kind of hear what we as a people, and even in this caller that just called, as a people, we are constantly living in a state of grief. Because we are constantly, we have constantly lost. Even when we've had wins, we lost. So when we have that constant state of grief that's individualistic to each one of us, we compartmentalize where that piece of grief goes at that time. So to this caller's point, absolutely, the life, the business, they don't compare. But yet we're talking at the same time about two different things in that understanding that, that, that grief from that life, and we all should be outraged. There's a secondary portion of outrage as well when we're taking people who have nothing and going out and rioting and looting and busting up windows and busting up businesses and creating an environment where people who were trying to have something to give back to the rest of us who had nothing, then they have nothing as well. So we're all then on this level playing field of nothingness, and it's I get we can replace everything. Life is the most important. Without it, you don't. None of the rest of it matters. But I think that we have to continuously acknowledge the fact that we have this grief, and for each person, our grief at each moment. To my point earlier, that there's levels to this. This is the level where John and Rhonda and so many others may be at right now. And and for your caller, Bree, you're at a different level. And I'm glad that you made it to that level, sis. I'm happy that you made it to that level because I can't even imagine the grief that you've gone through, even in your own life, and losing your sister. And uh, absolutely, I got to jump in, Alicia. We got about a minute before really we go good. to the top of the hour. Okay. Yeah, listen, let me jump in real quick. Um, Bree, before um, before I let you go, um, did you want to make mention of your service real quick? Because I didn't say it was okay to call in and do so. Yes. Are you? Am I online? Yeah, 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 yeah. Go ahead and get it out. Yeah, I got, yeah go ahead and get it out yes, if you will, so am, very quickly if so you can. I am, okay, so I'm offering um, free cleanup and boarding services in downtown Atlanta. So you can call or text 
470-343-4732. AmeriClean Maid Services, 470-343-4732. So this queen, even with a difference of opinion, still wants to help our black-owned businesses um, get cleaned up if you've been hit by this protest. So please contact her. Bree, send me your direct information via the messenger, and I'll make sure it's with the information. Uh, Rhonda and John, if you will, we've got a few okay. seconds before we get to the top of the hour. Um, if you will, uh, just let people know uh, why they should support you. Um, just so you know, we're going to make a $75 donation to you out from the Mental Dialogue mm-hmm. Community Club. And I also have um, sister by the uh, a company by the name of uh, a very social girl. I know that I knew that y'all were rebranding. She's going to give y'all free consultation and free um, rebranding if you need that. So obviously you'll sit down with, you know, you can sit down with her and decide if you want to move forward, but she's offering her services particularly to y'all uh, for, you know, coming on our show. So again, a $75 donation, donation and a consultation with a very social girl. Uh, one last thought from both of you, if you will. Uh, before we go to the top of the hour break. Thank you all so much for being on on with us, and we support your efforts to continue helping and being a part of the community which you um, served so, for so long, and we feel your pain. Uh, but thank both of you. Um, I'll say one quick thought from both of you, and uh, we'll, we'll be in contact. Uh, first first of all, I would I would like to say to Ms. Bree, I, I, I really am sorry about her uh, loss of a sister. And we are we are very uh, passionate uh, about everybody's loss when it comes to uh, racism. So uh, I apologize for for that. Um, and we just want to thank everybody that has supported us um, and will begin to support us. Um, and y'all just keep praying for us. No, absolutely. Thank you very much. Definitely send me that link because that's where I'm going to send my $75 over. And for anybody out there, just follow up if you are with us on Facebook. That's the best place to uh, find us, and you'll see the link to be able to support um, Atlanta Style Bar. Thank you both for being on with us. We're going to go to a break, and we'll be back with Sonya Booker. She's another business owner that has experienced these same unfortunate Vandalism during this time We're going to speak with her and get her thoughts On on her experience coming out of the break You're listening to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show Where all I ask is that you think Take these shackles on my feet and let me rest in peace. 
time I swear I be feeling invincible. Welcome back to the Mr. Dialogue Talk Show. I'm your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates. This morning's discussion question, how can we help our black-owned businesses damaged by the protests? Special guest co-host, Elisa Ward. So I now bring on Sonia Booker, the owner of Bio Bio, the beautiful place. Let's get the queen on. Thank you, queen, for being on with us this morning. Uh, for what I understand, uh, you and Runda actually know each other in the Atlanta area, so um, small world. Uh, we definitely consider ourselves the community club, so glad to have you on this morning's show, but we literally are a community and a family. So thank you so much, Queen. If you will, say hello to our truth seekers out there listening, and go ahead and give them a little bit of your background and reference, obviously, to your business as, as we t- tell your story this morning. Go ahead, Queen. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, I really appreciate you using your platform to bring awareness to uh, the businesses that have been impacted and the lives that have been impacted, um, you know, through this. And, um, yes, I I do know Rhonda from the business community and all the work that she and and her husband John do in the area. So really, um, you know, touched by their story. And uh, as an entrepreneur, you know, we'll help them however I can. Um, because that's how you, you know, you give out of your own needs sometimes. And so that, um, you know, we'll, we'll definitely be doing that. Um, so I am a 20-year entrepreneur um, in the Atlanta uh, metro area. I started by owning an um, all-state insurance agency, which uh, in Lilburn, Georgia, out of all places, um, which I sold about five years after starting it, and I, I was the top agency in the state of Georgia uh, for three of those five years. Sold that business, and then I went full-time into real estate investing and development because that's where my heart always lies around um, real estate and understanding the importance of uh, real estate and ownership and um, grew up in, in Mississippi, Jackson, Mississippi, and my uh, Grandfather and family just big um, on ownership and big on development and, you know, third-generation construction company there. So it was just kind of in my blood. And so, um, you know, as I sold my agency, I took the process for that and went, you know, full throttle into real estate investing and developing uh, in the Atlanta area. And um, would purchase uh, homes at that time, single-family homes. I would purchase, renovate, live in them, sell them. Um, and, you know, that went on, you know, for a few years, and then I, I got into more multifamily, uh, more commercial, and had just the privilege and honor of being able to work and be mentored by the late Herman J. Russell, uh, the iconic H.I. Russell and Company, wow. and was able to just forward my uh, real estate interest and, and platform uh, that way. Ended up writing a book, uh, Essence Bestseller book, uh, Real Estate and Wealth, Investing in American Dream. Um, and, you know, really got on the speaking circuit kind of haphazardly and really became kind of committed to um, sharing my information with other, other people and, you know, had a lot of people asking, how, how are you doing this, uh, investing in real estate and, and that type. So I wanted to write the book to really help other people get involved and to understand that that was a great way to build a generational wealth and also for legacy building. So really have been on that for, uh, you know, the last, you know, 12, uh, 14 years, 12, 13 years. And um, so, you know, over the last, what I would say, probably the last maybe four years of my time, you know, have been 
looking at real estate and using that to help other business owners who had business models that worked, and then I would bring in the space, and then I would uh, partner with them. I've invested in a lot of businesses, um, you know, in the area, mainly um, black women-owned businesses, and that's what kind of led me into the beauty space, um, you know, understanding that we as black people, women, consume four times more than any other nationality of beauty products, but yet we own less than, you know, 1% of the market that we um, consume in. So really with BioBio, Bio, I wanted to use that place to bring awareness in, as a place to build beauty wealth. So it was really about others and entrepreneurs who had great products, great services, um, you know, and needed places, um, you know, brick-and-mortar uh, online assistance and places to come and do pop-up shops, do uh, product launching and things of that nature. And so uh, the business is BioBio, uh, Bio and it stands for, stands for Beauty Inside Out Business Innovation Opportunity um, as a place, a beauty place to bring, you know, like I said, all this amazing awareness to um, the wonderful products and services and the amazing queens that we have uh, around us that make, you know, these, these products and services. And so um, that's what that business is all about. Wow. That's a lot, um, Sonia. Thank you so much for being on with this queen. Um, as I hear all of everything that you laid out and how you got to this point of Bio, Bio, the beautiful place. Um, the acronyms are absolutely amazing. Um, beauty inside and out. I didn't know that, so uh, um, so but don't. But no surprise. Uh, we're so creative with, in a sense, any time that we one want to go into business, and two, when there's a dedication to give back, which clearly you have. And so, um, like our previous owners, um, very prevalent in the community devastated to come up and see that they had been vandalized and looted, if you will. And so clearly you just gave us a story of, hey, I had the top agency in Georgia, but I sold it, got into business, and have been helping others ever since. You could have just ran on your own path and continued to be the top agent in Georgia and not dedicated to giving back to the community. Clearly that's not who you are. So with that said, uh, tell us, in a sense, how did you find out about your vandalism as far as you know, walking up to the place or hearing about it or somebody calling you? I don't know what your scenario is, uh, but if you could just kind of tell us if that business owner of that place with all these um, ideas for how to help others and bring in other business owners, uh, w what was the feeling? Yeah, um, you know, so I had started watching everything on Friday evening, and, you know, it was really rooting and, you know, proud. Um, that we were making such a stance because, I mean, we were all just traumatized. I mean, we talk about traumatized community. Um, you know, after just witnessing George Floyd, you know, being cold-blooded, you know, killed in the street, you know what I mean? And so that, you know, when the, when the protests began, it was like, yes, this is what the city of Atlanta is all about. So I've given you two uh, historical facts about me, one, that I'm from Mississippi. So, you know, I am no stranger to racism, to right, right. to <laughs> civil rights. Right, absolutely none not, no stranger to it. Uh, none of that, right. So lynching, you know, it, you name it, um, you know, it, it happened in, in the state of Mississippi. 
Um, and then I, being mentored and, and spending all that time with the late Herman Russell, um, I connected on a, a, a level of Atlanta um, from civil rights and from what, um, you know, from Maynard Jackson to, you know, Ambassador Young and Shirley Frank to what the city really stood for and how such great men and women built it, like black men and women built it, and they came together in a communal way, and they strategized in a way that is just unprecedented. I mean, you know, just even uh, the, the stories that Mr. Russell would share with me about, you know, um, Dr. King being at his house and, you know, would come over and come to his indoor swimming pool and kind of get away from everything and, you know, the conversations mm-hmm. that they had. And I remember thinking, like, wow, he has all of this um, – well, you know, he built his own home, um, you know, him and Russell with an indoor pool and just this great home back in the 70s when that wasn't, you know, what people were thinking about what people were, were doing. Yeah, and so, but, but here he was lending it to the movement from, you know, as a place of strategy, but also as a place where Dr. King could get away and have privacy mm-hmm. as opposed to having to go to the YWCA, YMCA or something. And so everything mm-hmm. that he had, you know, and, and, and people who have not read the, the book, his, his uh, memoir, uh, Building Atlanta, How I Broke Through Segregation to Build an Empire, um, it's just an amazing read. But what you find in that that a lot of people did not realize is that he was very instrumental in financing the civil rights movement because mm-hmm. he would take his land deeds and bail out people when they would be protesting. And see that, you know, and so they had everything organized from what was going to happen when they got put in jail to who was going to come mm-hmm. and get them out, you know. And so mm-hmm. I would joke with him, like, why are you not in any of the pictures, you know, marching? Where were you at? You at home, mm-hmm. you know, everybody out here. And he's like, I couldn't get arrested. I couldn't be because I had to be the one, like, okay, we knew what was going to mm-hmm. happen. Just like we have now, they said 535, you know, 100 people have been arrested during protests. Um, just in this week. So, you know, it's like they knew what was going to happen, but they also had their um, get-out-of-jail-car-free, you know, in the back pocket. Absolutely. It had, so had, had to be strategic. That, it had to be mm-hmm. strategic. And so, you know, being a product of that, you know, I, I began to really organize, um, you know, black women in a way, um, that took on a lot of that characteristics because I knew that black women and, and queens, as you, you know, refer to us, you know, my, my brother, thank you, that, um, because we were the ones that were really kind of, you know, sticking our necks out and, 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 and making some waves. And so I really was using bio. We've had all kind of meetings and all kind of strategy sessions as women in bio bio. Like you think this is a beauty place. This is the undercover what we're I got doing. it. I you know got it. I, mean? I got it. This the undercover No, absolutely. Undercover. And you you're on the, the right radio show to say it too. Yeah, you yeah. yeah I mean, <laughs> you on the right radio show yeah, to let I mean, people know. And and I gotta get you connected to my co host because um she's so much about women's empowerment and so y'all have to get connected even after this. Um sorry to jump absolutely. in right here, but we're gonna go to a quick break. Yeah, we're going to go to a quick okay, break now, and we'll come out of the break. I can break. tell you how I no, found no. out about it. I'm sorry. 
No, 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 absolutely, no, no, no. I'm, 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 I love hearing that backdrop. You know, while I'm very familiar with, um, you know, just being a historian myself, I'm very familiar yeah. with um, Russell's role of the movement. There's a lot of people who have yeah. never heard it, so I'm glad you brought that to yeah. the table uh, again. And, and it gives context to Bio Bio. You know what I mean? That because yeah. you learned that, it plays a role in why Bio Bio is what it is. So you, I'm, yeah. so I, I got chill bumps by the fact that you brought it to the table. So I'm glad you set that up, and we'll definitely get your your feelings walking up to your place being damaged and damaged coming out of this break. You're listening to the Mental okay. Dialogue Talk Show, where all I ask is that you think. Peace and power, y'all. This is Baba Ami woke up the Uhuru Academy. Malcolm X said that education was our passport to the future, but tomorrow belongs to the people who prepare for it today. Whether well, the Uhuru Academy Online Summer School is a live, interactive, online experience for youth ages 6 through 16, where they learn life skills, where they engage in academic enrichment, where they engage in, in cultural enrichment via our Sankofa for Success African History Program, life skills through chess, vision development, and entrepreneurship. I'm talking about action-packed. I'm talking about fun, informative, and interactive. A lot is going on right now. We need to be focusing on solutions. And our children, our children are going to inherit these challenges. Let's get them ready. Enrolling them in the Uhura Academy Online Summer School is one way to do it. In my opinion, the most effective way. Visit UhuraAcademy.com right now for more information. I'll see y'all this summer. UhuraAcademy.com. Their first session is starting, I think, Monday. They have three sessions this summer. Uh, absolutely, uh, the best thing I love about Baba I mean in that in that commercial again. Appreciate them for being one of our new advertisers. Is the idea of saying let's not let the next generation inherit our problems. Let's set them up with solutions. And I promise you, the Who Academy is one where you can't where they will learn about how how they actually strategize, whereas we're looking at what we see right now when it comes to these protests and riots, idea that it's kind of all over the place and maybe it looks like it lacks strategy. Uh, to the millennials' credit, there is more strategy than I think we realize, and that's just for me um, having relationships with some of them. Uh, but to the degree, uh, uh, and again, we don't, and we don't know everything they have behind the scenes, but to the degree to really understand, as our special guest, Sonya Booker, who says, hey, here's why uh, Herman wasn't out front. He he played this specific role, so I definitely appreciate you bringing that context. But yes, if you will, um, Queen, what was it like walking up? And I definitely want to let you, in, in, in a sense, hear from Elisa, who's patiently waiting to jump in. I appreciate this, Queen. <laughs> but when I hear you say you're about women's empowerment, um, this is oh, how I God. know her. That's why I get her to be yeah. a guest co-host uh, because I always try to keep a, a sister to keep keep us brothers in line because a lot of times it's, it's me and three other brothers with one sister keeping us in line and she's been <laughs> in that role before but but if you will though queen what was it like walking up to this place that you have set up and i'm pretty sure the goal is still for the community because i know you're also from what i understand doing a gofundme to ensure that this dream this vision stays alive but what was it like walking up finding out you yeah, had been hit yeah, so, so Saturday night, um, you know, I'm, I'm watching the news, and, um, you know, it's around 10 o'clock or so, and I could tell, like, oh, my gosh, things have just gone, you know, all, all sideways. And so, but, but where my location is, it's, like, kind of off of being passed a little, you know. And so, you know, John Wesley Dobbs, and so it, it, it was kind of, like, not, you know, so I'm watching it. And I see the the police, you know, um, 
putting the curfew in and rushing people out of the city. But, you know, out of the main thoroughfare of Centennial Olympic Park and all that area. Um, and so, but there's, as I'm watching, they're still kind of leaving out of downtown, right? And so, you know, and, and so, but it's chaos because it's like, you know, the buses, the demarta has been cut off, the traffic, you know, you know, Atlanta, it's mm-hmm. a ride through, you know, so <laughs> you just see all of this. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, and so, you know, I'm watching this and then I get a phone call. So the first call I get, um, I didn't even know what one of my, uh, my videographer, um, actually lives in the building, and, you know, she had said maybe 20 minutes before, like, oh, they're making their way over here, but we're just still thinking they're just walking through. Um, mm-hmm. And so then my business partner, um, who had been instrumental with BioBio, Bio, Robin, she had got a call, and she was on the news. So she, was, she had gotten to the business first. Um, and, you know, and so she called, and she was like, Booker, oh, my God, you know, we've been hit. So, you know, mm. then she sends me video, um, and then I get this other call, and they're like, bio, bio's on the news, you know I mean? So it's just this kind of frantic. Wow. Right. <laughs> wow. So you, so you, I mean, not to interrupt you, but I got to say it. So you go from supporting with the, with what you're seeing, being a fan of it, and this is right. your circle of getting to, the, to, to this, this evening where you've been hit. This is amazing. Go ahead, Queen. I'm sorry. Right, exactly, right. And so, you know, I'm like, oh, my, you know, oh, my gosh, so they're sending me video. Cops are everywhere, you know, blue lights. I mean, it's just like, you know, all the glass busts out. Every every single one of, of, of the glasses. A beautiful storefront type of building. And bust out all the glasses, all the glass. So they're sending me the video. So I'm looking at the video. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. And then I'm like, you know, that's that, that maternal instinct. I got to get down with my baby. You know, I gotta get there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah, like yeah, like so, you're gonna be you know, able to stop them, right? By your, yourself. Right, you know, I gotta get to my, you know, you know, that's that mother part. We we be like, you know, black woman super cape. We, <laughs> we just so busy in life. You have an amazing <laughs> spirit, uh, considering that you've been through this. By the way, but go ahead, Queen. Yeah, I mean, because I can't, you know, I, I think if I um, let it, so so here I am watching it, supporting it, understanding, and saying, yes, we have to do something. And if it takes this, not the looting, not the destruction part, but within so much support of, like, this is awesome. We are, like, rising up to a level that is amazing. Now, mind you, um, you know, there's some, some – there's a, it's across the street from, like, the, the 112, the Cortland building – and it's a lot of students that live there and that go to Georgia State and stuff like that. And they love and they support uh, me and the business. And so, you know, they came over and they were like, oh, my gosh, you know, when we heard that Bio Bio, we went running. And we said, that's a black-owned business. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, he said, one of the guys, like, looked up and was like, oh, I didn't know. You know, and so I was mm-hmm. like, okay, you know, it's some kind of code here. But actually – the person who they caught, well, that they they got on, on camera was a white lady who was spray painting on the building. She was on a black guy's shoulder spray painting and stuff. So I, I think what we have to remember is that the people who were looting and destru- destroying, they were just getting in on an opportunity. They weren't mm-hmm. the people. I mean, I'm not going to say it wasn't any anger or emotions there. 
But it's like they weren't the people who were really trying to make anything different. They were just like, oh, you know, let me get in on this and, and see what I can get out of it. So, so that's the part mm-hmm. that made me mad as well because, you know, protests on Friday, even protests on, on Sunday. I went to the protest Sunday, very peaceful, very peaceful, white, black. You know, it was just as many white people there. So you went to a protest um, after your place was hit on – am I, am I yeah. hearing that correctly? Yeah. So, so okay, I'm just making sure I caught that, make sure I, I, exactly. make sure I heard it the way I thought I heard it. Go ahead, Queen. I, got, I want to let Alisa get in here as well because she's again because I can only imagine and I'm I want to let Alisa jump in here as well. No, no, go ahead, yeah, Queen. So I'm glad that I did because here, so Sunday morning we start the cleanup. Community people, everybody starts helping and boarding up, all of that. That took almost a whole day on Sunday. So this is Sunday morning. We're in, we're boarding up everything. And, you know, we had paid somebody to watch the building overnight because, you know, because it was just exposed. So, you know, right. so here they are. So here I am, first thing in the morning, you know, we're getting wood. We got a crew out. And so I'm, like, in it at this point because I would not have even come downtown. I would have just been watching the whole weekend on the news like everybody mm-hmm. else. So I'm going, okay, I'm down here now. Uh, there's a, you know, protest starting back up. Let me go around here. And I'm glad that I did because the energy and the passion oh. that you felt and the people, you know, it was like, wow, this is not that. It was you almost know, like it was almost like uh, cathartic am I, am I, am I, to a certain extent. Yeah. And then I realized, mm. like, oh, my God. You know, I was brought into this situation because I would have not come. I, this, would, this would not have been my battle. And so, you know, God always chooses us, and he puts us in places that we need to use our voices, we need to use. And so what I brought to the situation, I wouldn't have brought if I wasn't impacted. And it doesn't hurt that I wasn't impacted, but it helped me to see everything with a whole different um, set of eyes. Angle, um, viewpoint. No, absolutely. Yeah. Let me let me jump in, Queen, because yeah. uh, this is this is amazing. Alisa, I just want to really want to kind of turn it over to you. Uh, for the callers out there, we'll be getting to you as soon as possible as well. But uh, I'm so moved by your own process, considering, and as you said, you wouldn't have been involved had you not been impacted. Very unique story. I definitely appreciate that. That you know, that of all the people, I reached out to a bunch of owners to try to. You know, so I'm, I'm so glad to have you because I, I've never, I would have never thought what you just said. But go ahead, Alisa. Uh, any thoughts about any part of what Sonia's had to say um, uh, 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 at this point? Hello, Alisa. Did I lose you? Actually, I may have lost Elisa. I'm sorry. Uh, Let's go ahead and jump to a caller. Actually, yeah, let me see. Let's just jump to a caller here. Area code 404-LAST-3187. Give us your name, where you're calling from, and your three cents on this morning's discussion. Good morning, it's Sherdon um, in Atlanta, and I have so many emotions and so many thoughts, but I am so glad I jumped on to listen in because this story right here is exactly what I feel the nation needs to hear, 
because so often we treat this like there's only one cure to this disease of racism, and there isn't. And so in, in hearing this queen, what I hear is that she was, she was able to identify that essentially everything that happened was necessary for us mm-hmm. to start to move <sighs> forward, right? And everything is God's yeah. plan. So she yeah. would have never, she would have never been there. In turn, it wouldn't have, she may not have been re-energized and refueled yeah. and reminded oh of what she was taught and what she learned before from her mm. mentor on her, her importance <sighs> in this movement. Sometimes we get so caught up in the, what sounds good on paper, right? And so I'm doing this and I'm making money that sounds good that I'm, I'm galvanizing women and I'm celebrating black women, but now it's time for you to really see what you're doing and how essential it is. I mean, it just moves my heart. I am so honored to hear from this queen, to know that she's in a city where I have reached to her so I can support her, so I can be a part of this because everybody is hurting and we're all impacted differently. And so, and and most importantly, acknowledging that it wasn't just black people that were causing destruction. We associate riots with black people and we associate it with thugs and negativity. And so these clearly the black person that was involved was like, I'm sorry, I didn't even know this was black owned, but these white people were continuing to destroy. Right. So I'm just I'm just I am absolutely grateful and I am I'm completely in love with this conversation. Um, I hope that it is shared across the world. I hope that you continue to empower and uplift our community, mm-hmm. Queen. I hope that this reignites you in a way that will take you further, faster into this movement. And uh, Trevor Noah talked about apartheid and how when that shift happened, it was destruction. Everyone was mm-hmm. in the street. Mm-hmm. Things got burnt down. It's a part of the process, y'all. It's painful. When it's God pulls you through, it is painful. Mm-hmm. We have all went through something and at the mm-hmm. bottom and then we grow because it's a part of God's plan every time. So don't give up. Listen to her spirit, just the way you laugh and you, you know, your energy, like my toy just said, mm-hmm. when you share it, mm-hmm. shift your mind, people, shift your energy, shift your heart. That's how we're and going to be a part of Sheridan, 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 thank you so much, sis. You, you have given me chills. You have have confirmed every every emotion, every feeling in my body because, you know, I had um, during the quarantine, I was telling people like, hey, I'm not coming out of my house until I have been in quarantine for 40 days. Like, not in a physical quarantine, because the, the word core comes from the Latin uh, root, which is 40, means 40. So as I started really studying the 40 days, studying 40 years um, out of Israel, studying 40 days in the wilderness, studying um, God's ascension from when he was, um, from Easter when he rose to his ascension, 40 days so all of that started to play into, and I, and I tell people now, God, God knew what he was resting me for and preparing me for because 
had I not gotten the mental and spiritual recharge and rest that I needed, I would not have been prepared for this fight. Like, this fight, oh, my God. You know, like, I would not have been prepared. And so now I had just gone back out of my house on last Thursday. Like, last Thursday was the first time since March 15th that I had stepped foot into any of my businesses, any of them. And so to go from last Thursday to to Saturday, to <laughs> the riot, like, I'm like, whoa. Wow. Wow. It was like, you know, and then I started getting all these calls, white, black, Latinos, my Latino people called, like, Sonia, we are with you. Like, you are, like, you help too many people. Like, we have to come and, you know, lay a brick. We with you. Make sure, you know? yeah, make sure bio, bio is straight. Now, I got yeah, I got my uh, co-host, Elisa, back on, so I got to jump back in. Shadon, that was okay. such an amazing call, perfect timing. I, I actually skipped Thank the break. You. I skipped the break because it's sometimes you just got to do that, right? Um, and, 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 Sonia, when I tell you, Shadon and Elisa, who you're about to hear from, when I tell you that both of these queens, uh, uh, I can't even – y'all probably are – my assumption is y'all are probably moving in similar solos, silos, I meant to say, from the standpoint of always empowering a group of women. So I'm pretty sure not only will All they support your – All I hear are your... allies and supporters on this exactly. call. Like, I am excited. Like, no, nah, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> Yes. No, absolutely. So not only will they probably jump in and pinch in to support, as again, we're going to be donating some money from the Middle Dollar Community Club. Shadon's a member, so, you know, her, her her dues help me support you today, if you will. But I know she, the way she is, she always jumps in. But I really want you all to jump in on a uh, human capital standpoint. I definitely would love to hope, hopefully you all meet face-to-face, however we can pull that off. Um, thank you, Shadon, for that call. Let me go ahead and get Elisa uh, back on and my co-host because, again, she's been incredibly patient um, to get through this hour. But, again, everything that's come out, is, as y'all say, is happening for a reason, if you will. Go ahead, Elisa. Thank you so much, Queen, for your patience. Uh, introduce yourself to Asanya and, and, you know, give some thoughts. I do have another caller, so I, might, I may not give you get all of your thoughts, but I'm definitely going to give you a little time because you've been waiting so long. Go ahead, Queen. Well, first of all, it's just so great to hear you, Sonia. Um, and, you know, as a fellow business owner, uh, a, a woman of, you know, who wants to move the needle forward in the community, I just want to thank you and applaud you for that. And one of the things I say, because I'm, I'm an emotional intelligence coach and a diversity and inclusion strategist, amongst other things, but um, I say to people all the time, the best way to support the people is to be with the people and of the people. And you've done that. You've been part of that. And the great thing about us as a people in general amongst the, across the African diaspora is that, you know, we are, are, we are made of resilience. We are resilient people. We, no matter what we've been through, we've been able yeah. to, to always find a way to become resilient and to bounce back. And that speaks to our ability to be able to be nimble enough to be adaptive to whatever the changing situation is. And that's what that's what I hear, you know, in your voice. I heard that you, you did, and I can tell that in your spirit in general, you know, that you are a natural-born motivator, but that's what we need. And we need business owners like you to be able to have that conversation to help move us from a grief space to a working space 
to a productivity space. And I and I think that um, it, it's great what you're doing. I definitely wish you much success in rebuilding your business and getting to where you are. But you haven't lost sight of what we need to think about in, in the big picture, which is how did we get here? Why are we here? And how do we move forward from that? So even in dealing with your own situation, you were selfless in that you put the, the the movement and and the and the whole issue that we are dealing with as a people in general within the right context. And I have to sis, I have to commend you so very much for doing that because not everyone else is in that space. And and I said earlier in, in the show that there's levels to this. And you're at a different level than some other people are. And we have to embrace and and and, and not you know, shame people when they're at another level. But when you get to this level of resilience, that's something to be celebrated. So I celebrate you. I really do. Thank you. And, and no, I, no, I appreciate you. No, go ahead, please. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah while you're sharing stories, because I, I had not connected, connected the dot, you know, from my, my mentor, um, which, you know, was said so, so. So when you have mentors, and you have people that pour into you and you're able to see, you know, a, a bigger picture, that is that preparation, you know, for mm-hmm. for seasons that, uh, because don't think for one minute that, like, I haven't thought about the economic impact of the mm-hmm. business, of what's happening. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's like you go from mm-hmm. a, a COVID-19 closed business that doesn't make revenue, for three months to a, you know, a riot that when you're just, when you're like, okay, I'm going to get in here, we're going to reopen, we're going to do this, we're going to social distance, we're going to do this. And it's like, bam, no, you're not. Um, and and right. what does that look like? And so, you know, when people look at, um, you know, the, the impact, I think that to your point, at least that <laughs> Black women, black people have this resilient spirit, and I think that that's what makes us good entrepreneurs because um, you do need a level of resilience because I just think about the model and how I've had to shift and pivot and and because here I was building a model that I've never seen, uh, first of all, and wanting to support Mm -hmm. black women you know, second of all, so anybody that came in there was like, you know, I've never seen anything like this. Like, you know, so I couldn't go and read up on how was right. that, was that, how was that, that. So I had to be willing to take my resources and do trial and error of, you know, putting up this model to see, okay, what worked, that didn't work, that sure didn't work, okay. Right. <laughs> I promise you, I feel your pain right now with the with the Mitchell Dialogue Community Club. I still don't know if I got to figure it out. I promise you, I feel your pain right now. Oh Go ahead, Queen. I'm sorry. Yeah, and and you better you know be holding on to something real tight, you know, from a spiritual standpoint for some guidance. Because one thing that I do know is that you know God gives me whatever I have. So that's why I always have shared it. I'm like, it's not mine. Like He's given it to me to help do something with it. What, what do you want me to do with this? You know, like you said, there's not Sonia running off in the sunset, like want a whole 8,500-square-foot building to be great in. You know, this is Sonia like, okay, you know, you obviously gave me this guy because it was too hard to get on my own. So I, you know, like I, I didn't do this. 
And so you have to stay in a, um, you know, in this kind of funnel to, to in this kind of closeness. And, and I didn't know what was going to happen. I had, you could not have foreseen. I didn't foresee COVID, didn't foresee, you know, protests, none of that. But I knew, like, I was being prepared for something in that quiet time, in that downtime. And I, it was Not other things I could have been doing. I was writing books. Right. I could write. Yeah. I, you know, I have uh, a couple books um, on real estate and, and women wealth building. Um, so I was using the time to write and just really um, just go deep in, in my mind and deeper in a spiritual um, level. And I've always had this kind of you know, as a lot of women, that we do it whether we know it or not, this kind of channel, this kind of Esther spirit spirit that, you know, if I got to save my people, if I die, I die. You know, like you have to have that. No, no I respect the spirit. No, I respect the when spirit. When you're doing Let's, let's talk yeah, about this, yeah. if you will, because I want to make sure that for as, as amazing as your spirit and your story is, um, it's only right. Again, I brought you on to be supported. Uh, and so, you know, again, as you again, as you keep saying, hey, I, I'm thinking about this beyond myself. The reality is, we still need bio bio back in place. I even saw um, on your page people saying we have to bring bio bio back. I saw people saying that. So, in mentioning that, um, like our last um, guest, John and Rhonda, that was their first time ever resorting to a GoFundMe. You know, you know, not mm-hmm, to knock mm-hmm. anyone, you know, not to knock people or whatever, but quite often people may even try to start that way sometimes, right? And that's just again, that's mm-hmm. just a perspective or whatever. You're in a situation where you've had all this success, and here you are breaking down. From what I understand, having your first first fund. So, if we could speak to your specifics of bio bio, in a sense, you know, why are you doing it? What are you needing? Again, we're going to make a donation. I'm encouraging those listening to to, to, to donate as well. Uh, but if you will, just kind of talk about why specifically bio bio is doing a GoFundMe. Let's get into that, if you will, quick. Yeah. Well, that was that was big for me. You know, a person who you know take their their own money, you know, go get money, do whatever. Uh, I I never asked for uh, assistance in anything I'm doing, and so that was a big step of the GoFundMe. Uh, but the reason that I really felt it was necessary is, yeah, Bio Bio is going to come back, um, but it'll come back faster with a community effort. Um, you know, because then I have, you know, their operating costs, their costs, their costs that don't stop when you when you have a business. So as you're trying to bring things on, then it's like, okay, you're making decisions of, you know, it might take me by myself 90 days to get it back, but, man, it really needs to be back in 30 days because it has so much work to do. Because this, this business is about, it's actually bigger and better because we're adding studio level to it. So now you can come in and produce content. Films, movies, we're, we're, we're birthing a shopping network out of it, uh, an online shopping network. You know, like this, you know, like really giving platform, like I'm like, oh, no, we got to take this to a whole nother level because we're saying buy black, we support black, and then we can't even find it all. And we're going to be losing brick and mortar at an alarming rate after all this, meaning mm-hmm. you have boutiques that cannot sustain just through COVID. They weren't even impacted by the riots. So we already right. are going to be at a deficit of uh, where people can locate their businesses. So if I have 8,500 square feet that, that, you know, and you have 900, 
then you bring your business. So it, you know, let us yes. show you how to yes. put your business online and build an online model for your business so that people can find your business. And so this is like, you know, let's put it here so we all can win and go, you know, further faster than me, who's always solo, showing up, getting it figured out. And then I'm like, but it's for everybody else. It's for all of us. So let's all pitch in twenty, thirty, a hundred dollars. We're gonna get there much faster as a community and bring this place back roaring as a. Um, so as you know, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna put this out in the air right now in the universe. So it's June sixth. You just heard from Shadon. I might sneak her back in because she's still on the line. Uh, but I would love to see she prints it in this 8,500 square foot place after we go after we put this cloud fund together to get you back on space. I'm just throwing it out there. The sister just got a location that she's put a lot of work into, but uh, you know downtown is, is probably a good place to be uh, when it comes to be you know when they, when they say business is location, location, location. So I'm just throwing it Absolutely. out there. You know even if it's just a little subsidiary of what she's I doing, mean. I'm putting it out there <laughs> live on the app. Out there, bring it in. I mean, for real, for real, for real. Because what happens is, and, and that's why, you know, I'm a member of um, Atlanta Business League and a few other um, organizations. Hey, let me do this, Queen. I can't, I can't skip all my breaks, so I, I can't skip all my okay. breaks. Uh, you know, I do, I do have some obligations, you know, to the people that that make sure yeah, I stay on the air. So let me, uh, right. <laughs> nah, absolutely. Let me get this break in. And uh, we'll get you, you know, we'll continue this, get a Lisa start. I'm going to bring Shadon on again. I'm just putting it out there because it just sound right right now. It just sound right. All right, we're up against the break. All I ask is that you think. We'll be right back. The Money Motivation brand currently exists. It's a, it's a success in lifestyle clothing brand uh, primarily. And it was created because we saw the demand, and it was created in 2017. And we saw the demand for, uh, the self-made modern entrepreneur, business leader, high achiever. Um, there was a gap in a prominent streetwear brand that really embodied their journey. So I wanted to take that concept and create a clothing brand that could embody that with a mission that's very simple, which was to inspire a life of excellence and freedom, uh, to promote independent thinking, hard work, taking risks, uh, having a relentless commitment to what you do in a uh, never giving up type attitude, those are all hallmarks of, hallmarks of the brand. And the product line consists of premium T-shirts, outerwear, headwear, accessories, canvas prints, and the like. But there's also a media aspect to this, which dovetails into this podcast actually being created, where I really want to help people be successful in business and build businesses and wealth and be able to enjoy it while they're here, as well as build it for future generations. But it's about being able to live a life of autonomy, and that's been a big part of my motivation to be uh, in the financial industry and also have a brand that can represent that. So the hope is this can influence people to think differently. My name is Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates. I am the owner and facilitator of the Mental Dialogue Community Support Group focused on practical solutions and the collective thinking of the black community. We do that one of two ways, every third Friday, 7 p.m. at Urban Grind, or Saturday mornings, the Mental Dialogue Talk Show, 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Contact us at mentaldialogue.com or on Facebook at Mental Dialogue. All I ask is that you think. This morning's amazing discussion on how can we help our black-owned businesses damaged by the protests. 
special guest co-host, Alisa Ward. Our special guest this hour is Sonya Booker, as we've been hearing her amazing and wonderful story. I'm up here. This ain't the first time we've been tried this. We make connections live on the air. Again, this is just a conversation. I'm going to go ahead and get you done live, too. Uh, just to throw it out there, I should, you know, Shadon, I put you on the spot. You know, you know, I'm always trying to, you know, we always trying to win together. So, Queen, I thank you for your support. Uh, it just felt right. So I, I hope I ain't tread in some grounds I ain't supposed to, but I put it live on the air. So, Queen, you you back on with us real quick. Uh, any thoughts about possibly getting you connected uh, as as we get bio bio back up as a community? Go ahead, Queen. Thanks for thanks for calling in this morning. Absolutely. I mean. You know that speaks to my entire spirit. I am all about working together to achieve the ultimate goal. Um, I talk about all the time the power of wealth. And um, just from the political aspect, the people who really make the decisions are the ones who have the financial power to truly um, lobby our politicians. And so, we need to position ourselves in those places. And I believe that building wealthy, successful businesses allow us to do that. And we need to do it together in unison in order to achieve this, because most of us are first, um, maybe second generation business owners, right? So I'm looking to move from being a mom and pop to a corporation. I say all that to say I am absolutely in, in whatever capacity, I would love to be able to have um, a, a location in the city as well as my Sockbridge lo- location. And then if I could quickly just want to double back because um, I know, Rhonda, I know the Wilkins, and they didn't mention this, but exactly what this queen is saying she's doing with BioBio is also what Rhonda was doing with her location because she split mm-hmm. a portion of the style bar in half to give another queen an opportunity to have a brick and mortar in the city as well. And forgive me because I don't remember the name of that um, other facility. I think it's a personal trainer. But, see, this God didn't make a mistake in you bringing these two women on the call and even Mm -hmm. those of us who are here listening and just marrying these relationships. So I will be donating to both causes. I pray that if it is God's plan that I will also have a shoe printed location downtown within the bio bio facility. But whatever that looks like, Queen, just know that I'm here to support you in whatever capacity that looks like. Both of you, um, I celebrate you, and I'm just, I'm just here for it all. I mean, my spirit is just moved beyond belief, and I needed this because um, my spirit has been – I wouldn't say down, yeah, just kind of all over the place. No. You know but what I'm saying? You have not been, so. been the, the normal Shadon that we all know that that's conquering the world. I mean, you're still conquering the world, <laughs> but it wasn't with the same bubbly, lively, nothing can stop me spirit that we always know you for. Um, you, you know, you, you, you've been so touched by everything that was going on. And as you kind of mentioned earlier, it, it became about more than yourself, so it wasn't easy to stay in that, you know, I could take it all because that's Shadon. Shadon is – Loud, proud, and gets to it, and she means everything she says. So I appreciate you, um, Queen, uh, for everything. I, I can't. I mean, I ain't said nothing bad. She loved everything I just said. It's the truth. So, so I ain't. You know what I mean? So that's just who she is. So I thank you for getting back on, uh, um, being able to connect you. I'm gonna let Elisa jump in because again, this is another queen who is about this women's empowerment thing. Um, if we're to, if we're to connect, I want to be that. Um, I do have all the numbers. I will be making an effort, just letting y'all know this now, yeah. um, to make sure that y'all do at least have a sit down. Or, or maybe now everybody does everything Zoom, not my style, but that's the world we live in now. Uh, but I will make sure that numbers are passed 
so that y'all can at least make some type of connect. Um, Alisa, your thoughts? I'm gonna let um, Shadon go, and um, after you get your thoughts, Alisa, I definitely want to make sure we're understanding how we can support you uh, with the GoFundMe, or like, or as you said, bring or, or you know, bring business, however that whatever that looks like as well. But uh, Alisa, uh, please jump in. Uh, let them let her know, you know, what you do in reference to how you might can help with all of this. Y'all all seem to be on your path. I just want y'all to crash together, if that makes sense. I want y'all to run into each other and Absolutely. realize we need to do this together. Now, go ahead, Alisa. Any thoughts for you, Queen? Well, you know what? This is I, I got to say this, Shardon. I love her. Let me tell you, every time we go to these mental dialogue events, this just feeds my soul, and I've never said that to her. Um, her spirit, her energy, her thoughts, her processing have just always been so amazing to me. And I like to sit back a lot of times and observe before I say things because I'm a people watcher. I watch body language. I hear tones and inflections and things like that. And she always just brings it. And, and listening to her this morning, it was funny because she spoke, to, she, she spoke a little bit. She started alluding to something that I was actually going to say when she mentioned, the, you know, the, the thing about God's plan. And, you know, and, and whether you believe in a higher power, whether you believe in God, you believe in the universe, you believe in yourself, whatever you believe mm-hmm. in, at the end of the day, there's a plan that's always involved. And, you know, what? I, I began to think about the COVID situation and we started coming out of that. And then next thing you know, mm-hmm. we had the situation with the protests and the riots. How do we know that this wasn't the plan? Because it is the plan. It is the plan, is the plan. To, to make Absolutely. change and shift and make mm-hmm. things different. And the reality of it is is that there is nothing that has happened that has been of a significant magnitude with sustainable change to any system in any country, any civilization, civilization ever without conflict. And that's mm-hmm. the reality of it all. And everything that gets torn down can get built back up, and it can be better. We see it all the time with construction. You see, you know, shopping malls, strip malls that have been sitting there for five, six, seven years. They knock it down and put this great building up, something that's better, something that, that's more, you know, up-to-date, something that's happening. Right now we're in a great position that, you know, the way that we work in the world is that we follow trends, right? And helping black business, helping black people is trending. But guess what? Mm-hmm. We can take advantage of that opportunity mm-hmm. just like other people have taken advantage of our mm-hmm. opportunities for our thoughts and the way that we move within the world. And a couple of years ago, I spoke to Andrew Young at an event, and he talked, and I'm comparing this to something he said. He talked about the technology boom and how it went so fast, but anything that moves so fast, there's got to be, there's going to be some kind of fallout, and there's going to be some kind of shift and change, and there's going to be some things, but it's going to be good in the end. And that's the whole thing about this is that. Everyone, again, is at a different level. But in the end, this is going to be good. This is going to be great. This is going to be amazing. And this is also an opportunity for this plan to make, finally mm-hmm. unify mm-hmm. a community yep. that has been so divided for so very long. So once we get past the grief and the pain and the shock of all of it, think about the dreams and the beauty and the things that are going to happen going forward. And Sonia, I love your energy because it speaks to that. As I mentioned, you're at the next level. And you're right. Yeah, you've got to think about all those other pieces to it. But guess what? Just like I spent that $10 last week, I'm going to have another $20 next week. And I feel that if you do good in the world, you are going to draw that positivity to you from others. 
and you're going to be better than ever before. So I'm looking forward to what you are planning to do and would love to be able to be a part of that from a strategic planning and thought process of that and, and even connecting people and, and bridging all the pieces together under an umbrella to see how they can fit together. Oh my gosh. No, I love it. It's that, a perfect segue. Let me say this real quick, if you will, um, Sonia, just real quick, because just what she said is, is a perfect segue. I just want to make it real clear that the Mental Dialogue Community Club, uh, we will be donating, donating $75 um, to your GoFundMe. I also have another Thank sister uh, who runs um, Very Social Girl. Uh, I saw you mention some rebranding. Uh, she's uh, willing to do uh, help rebranding. She's amazing on the internet with what she's able to do on the internet. And so she's offering free consultation and free services, um, knowing that you've been hit by it as well. So I definitely want to get you connected, you know, at least for the opportunity you can decide, you know, the consultation point if it's somebody you want to continue with. I would love to see, um, she's a younger sister, so I would would love to see all of you sisters bring, uh, her her name's Brittany Green, I would love to see y'all bring her in the fold. um, She's a young I, I, I'm not sure what that just happened there, Montoya. She's a younger sister. Uh, can you hear me? We, we, we old sisters. Uh, <laughs> I'm saying younger for me. For me, I was meaning that from my personal standpoint, she's younger than me. I wasn't saying to y'all. I was just saying bring her into y'all okay, phone, but I said sister. she's okay, younger in reference to me. Now, that was funny, Queen, but I wasn't saying that about y'all because I don't know how old you are. You know what I mean? And I'm 46. <laughs> I'm 46 and don't consider myself old. So let me just keep let me put that out there real quick. But she's younger than me, so I was saying she's a younger oh, sister okay. in reference to me. But that was funny though, Queen. Oh. Now I was not talking about I was not oh, talking okay. about y'all. Like I said, if I'm not old at forty six, I definitely ain't considering uh, y'all old at all. That's not how I move at all. Now that's pretty cool. Well, we only got a few minutes. We got another caller that wants to sneak in. Um, I don't call her. Just be quick. I may not be able to get you in, but I want to make sure we do this right now so it doesn't uh, we don't go without doing it. So how can we support you? Let's get that clear and out. On our table now, we may get to that caller before we close out. But yeah, uh, and, yeah, how do we support you right now, Sonia? This is about what we're doing is about moving our economic base, providing a place and platform to move our economic base because, like you said, we're not trendy. This is what we should be doing, and this is bringing about how we could do it more easily as a place and as an online platform to be able to easily find and support black businesses and, and bring showcase and bring awareness to those. So this is what that is about, bridging this economics, because that is what this is all about. That's the, the second war, the second pandemic that we're going through. So be very, very clear. Um, this is moving. This is how we start to, to do group economics. This is how we start to really support and how we start to build a black viable community that has a voice that can stand and speak politically, speak because we know our $1.3 trillion that we bring to the table every year, and we decide how we spend that with each other, that is going to change our whole game. Be very clear. We'll change our whole game. So, so definitely go soniabooker.com, S-O-N-I-A Booker. Um, follow that on Facebook. Um, we're uploading, you know, more information to the um, GoFundMe. It is my first GoFundMe, um, and it's GoFundUs. You know, well, that's that's the name that needs to be. You know, go go fund us, go fund community. <laughs> I love it. So, 
Yeah, and so definitely engage wherever you feel at your heart, knowing that this is going to help so many more people, and this is going to help us build an economic base. So to get this place and get all the infrastructure in place for it to do that, it's going to transcend any kind of understanding that is in downtown Atlanta that anybody has ever seen. So please, 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 Sonia Booker, um, you know, follow me on IG. It's also on, on my, my bio link and on IG at I am Sonia Booker uh, as well. And I just thank you for giving a voice to this, and I thank you for, for, for what you're doing. And, you know, all I ask is that you think. <laughs> I love that. And I love your platform, you, and I hope that one day you can bring this show in and we can use our studio as, as the bio to you know, do a live show and, and, and broadcast. Nah, let's you know, do it. That, hey, we up against it. Now, yeah. I appreciate you. We <laughs> up against it. We'll see y'all next Saturday. All I ask is that you think. Some of you may have heard the Nick Cannon, I Can't Breathe, but we wanted to showcase it here. Uh, see y'all next week. Thank you, Lisa. Thank you, sponsors. All I ask is that you think. I can't breathe again. God damn, I can't breathe. My voices have been quarantined. COVID-19, 60s to 16, 19. Jamestown choked me, sold me. Shackles hold me tightly by my neck. And I can't breathe again. 2020 ain't no fucking vision on your tail. I vision of why I'm living like a prejudge villain. CNN, Fox News commentating and debating why I can't fucking breathe again. How many times do I have to say this? I'm taking the gloves off because racism is the main deadliness that's contagious. I just got diagnosed and received a degree in criminology, but fuck your education. I don't want to learn shit from a nation that's racist. The definition of policing, overseeing property. I can't understand how the white man never understood how to handle the human properly. Honorable Elijah Muhammad and the noble Jew Ali spoke constantly, consciously, and cautiously about this ungodly prophecy. You still worried about your prophecy? Amazon deliveries, handouts, hands up, don't shoot, but now your knees are on my neck stopping me from occupying oxygen that God obviously brought for me, for I am his offspring, his true seed, motherfucker, get off of me, please, I can't breathe, please, somebody call the police on the police, cause I can't breathe again, and everything hurts, your words, your knees, your nerve, your white wife who had the nerve to say she was frightened by black life while my face is on the fucking curb. I ain't scared of no fucking virus. This mask is for a riot. I keep breathe and the media telling me to keep quiet, suffocating me into silence. The devil's greatest trick convincing the world that we were the ones who were violent. Nah, they the ones deficient, insufficient comprehension of their barbaric existence. Y'all worried about this pandemic when our grandparents still trying to recover from when you gave them syphilis. Because in our blood, we scared of the white cells attacking our immunity. The system defective, infected. So who has the disease, you or me? Because I'm at a dis-ease, disadvantage, dismantled disability of your white knees killing me. Been on our necks for centuries. Knees or trees, either way you still lynching me. What did we ever do to you except for build and make America great initially? Fuck again, cause I can't 
breathe. Potentially, you missing me. Clearly not listening. Intentionally, we are a people of peace. But like Pac said, I ain't no killer, but your policies are pushing me further from the legislation. Jumping off the education while your skin heads the damnation and your clandestine rhetoric will forever be evident. Fuck the elite in the top 3%. I'm heaven sent. I was born Asiatic and you made me asthmatic. So fuck your vaccines and masks. You gonna worry about these hands tomorrow because you can't sanitize the past. You may have took my last breath, but you'll never colonize my spirit. Standing there watching while I die. I can't breathe. And you still can't hear it.